It's Off Exit 10, presented by Capital District Sport and Fitness. So now I'm like, all right, I'm going to go at this angle. I don't need to look at my casino. Good, man. Yeah. <laughs> Might say, yeah. wow, that was rude. No, it's okay. Yeah, we're good. I'm okay with myself over here. All right, well. Oh, you guys never took it down. No shit. What? What? The, uh, my Pittsburgh shirt. Yeah, once they go up there. Oh, yeah, I forgot you gave yeah. us that orange one, and you gave us the I gave you the Milwaukee one, yeah. The Milkman over in the corner out there. Because the milk. Both of those were what? Independently? Yeah. But different. But different than the Valley Cats League? Uh yes, both different leagues. So Pittsburgh was the Pacific Association, which is now uh gone. So that's an OG right there. Yeah. And uh the Milwaukee was actually the first year of the Milkmen in the American Association. How many indie leagues are there? Uh, are there a lot or has it dropped down? It's so definitely when, dropped down over the years, for sure. When the minor league kind of restructure happened, there was a lot of, you know, there like what happened with the Valley Cats, like it mm-hmm. happened a lot of different places. And unfortunately, a lot of those places aren't, I mean, the funding, the finances to do everything. If you don't have that affiliation tag, you don't get the gate money, mm-hmm. the concession money, you know, kids going out there, oh, oh what team? They don't get it. You know they don't they don't get the whole independent structure and that's it, it's hard to drive. I get it. I mm-hmm. get it. But, yeah, it's you know. tough. It's yeah. really tough. I mean, a lot of the like what is it? They got rid of low like, A. I think it was. Oh, they the got minor leagues. Oh, it was so many teams. Yeah. Holy. So cow. a lot of the low A teams. It was either uh, I know out in the Pacific Northwest. That's like a whole brand new indie league and stuff like that. Now one out there. But I don't know the name of it. Doesn't it make the indie leagues better because there's less affiliated teams? So the better talent, they need somewhere to play. Yeah. You would think so. You you would think so. I mean, it, just look at the Valley Cats. They got Kumar Rocker, right? You know, a couple years ago. Yeah. I mean, I know that was a little bit of a loophole type right. of deal, but I mean, you got Kumar Rocker. Look at how well they did when he was pitching. Right. Oh wow. Yeah. No, it's stuff like that. It's the little things that you know people are just pulling from. That are that makes it really difficult, I guess, in the indie ball leagues at least. See, if we're talking about these shirts, I got a high school teammate up there. Huff. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah, you're a shaker guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why do I think? Did you go to college down south? Yeah. Because that's where I think you're like from down south, but that's just where you went to school. Yeah. 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 Forty-five minutes away from him, actually. He went to East Carolina. I went to Barton. His brother came to us for his freshman year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Shakers. Shakers. Wow. Because it. Hoff, and then you were there, and Canley was Canley was there. Canley was there, oh eight, I believe. Yeah, so he's he's like my age, or your yeah, my age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he pitched great last night, by the way. I had to tell yeah. my wife, you know, hey, you know this guy, you know, <laughs> we, we like that guy. <laughs> we like that guy. We pull for him. Yeah. He said he turned down more money yeah. from the Red Sox to go to the Yankees. Yep. Mm-hmm. We like that guy more. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we definitely like that guy. Yeah, Canley's a good dude. Hoff's a good dude. Yeah, they're Hoff's, both. Yeah. This area's had a lot of good guys for how small this area is. Is it really that small of an area? I don't know. I just think of it as that. Cause I, I mean, well, I lived you in, think of our, our, our area. I lived in Boston for a while, and Paul lived in New York. But we're from Chatham, so it's like the Chatham, Chatham's, of Chatham's, small the si- <laughs> Chatham's the size of this uh, half and half. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, we associate, oh, yeah, small area. But really, when you think about it, like, up here isn't that small of an area. You know, Clifton Park, Saratoga. Yeah. Right? But you go down, you know, 
Hudson, Chatham, Taconic Hills. Like, yeah, those are oh, smaller yeah. areas where if you get, you know, Maple Hill, you know, I think of like Schultz. Yeah. Out of Maple Hill. Right. Like, that's, that's like, dude, you came year, out of Maple yeah. Hill. What year did you graduate high school, Brian? 11. So that's around the same as us, yeah. 08, 09. Yeah, 11. I think Schultz was, I think, probably. Schultz, nine. Schultz was, was 09. Jordan, you yeah. were 11, right? 11. He hit a ball so far one game. <laughs> dude, I. I, I don't think I don't think it came down. It's still gone. Like it was so it was and it was with a Beezer bat. So oh. that thing was hit juiced seven thousand feet. Juiced. The fucking Beezers. You probably you probably heard it from six miles away yeah. too. It looked like Stan hit the ball. Like that's oh. that, like, <laughs> I was like Jesus Christ. I think Beezers were your last year in high school. Isn't they were. Yeah, it was your senior year. Because yeah, my junior. My junior senior was with the, uh, the BB course. BB course, yeah. and that was like the original BB course, which too, wasn't so good like, at all. Those yeah. went nowhere. Yeah, man. it was a lot of you know the Beezers. There's a lot of you know, hey, throw the fastball, duck. Yeah, oh my God, <laughs> it's coming at you. Oh my God. There's there's a meme online where it's like all those old bats lined up, like the Exos, oh, mm-hmm. the liquid metal, the Stealth. Oh, dude, the and Stealth. It, and it was and, and the and the, any the, color, any yeah. color, any color. The connection, but it's like the meme is like. When you're playing third base and you see one of these, like, just know God's calling you home. That's true. All right, live the grass. Yeah, the outfield grass. Uh, yeah. Those things were incredible. Yeah. Man. You ever tell kids, uh, we'll tell kids in your family, like, you don't know, like, what these beezers were. Oh, yeah. The kids today, like, especially just them just giving through lessons and just giving <laughs> lessons, they're always talking about, like, oh, this one's hot, this one's hot. I'm like, no, you truly no, don't understand. No like, idea. we, like, back in the BB, like, the beezer days, you have, High school kids in the ball, like 115 oh. and up, just lacing kids. <laughs> lacing. Like, right. Got it off the end. Yeah. Got it off the end at 101. <laughs> off of. yeah. Like, ah. Oh. Like, once in a while, we'll get kids that'll go down to like Cooperstown and they'll play in a game where it's like you can use oh. any bat. You have the U-Triple And they'll use the Beezer bats. Wait, down you there. can do that? Yeah. yeah. We had one of the kids in here, he was, he was telling me he hit like five home runs. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. At, like the team itself had like twenty something home runs in that in in like the tournament. Down so there. when I was coaching Noniana, the one of the things that we got our kids to do was to go ump those games. Like that was how they made money during the summer. Like a lot of the pitchers would go ump three or four games. Is this the stuff that Davey was talking about, Paul? Like he'd always rip on these umpires that did PGCBL, but they also did this. Oh yeah, Oniana knew them all. We were all friends with them because you know our guys were in kind of the shit with them. So they're just umping all these games and stuff like that and they're coming to the field in the afternoon and they're telling me oh dude we saw this like eight-year-old who's like four foot three just hit a ball 450 <laughs> <laughs> or like we'll be golfing at the country club right next to it and like we'll be at the tee box and you'll see some baseballs just flying left and right and center just all over the place like those things are hot man the U-Triple-S-A's this that they have now yeah i mean Marucci, you can those get banned pretty much every spring i feel like just because of how hot they are yeah. Beezer bats were dangerous. You hear that? I hear the car. <laughs> it's mesmerizing. Sometimes he picks that stuff up. Wow. The people probably won't hear that. It'll get like faded out in editing. But yeah, Cream was like, Breeze just, just zoned out for a second. He's I'm like, like what's is going that on? The Deathwish coffee hitting him already? Oh, it, oh, it hit. Oh, it's locking in. <laughs> He's in the slot. <laughs> yeah, but I appreciate both you guys coming on. It's uh, nice for having us, man. No, man, no problem. It's I've said before on here, when I worked in Boston, it's like I had such this network of people that I'd work with, like other physical therapists and strength coaches and like baseball skill coaches and docs, because you need a team and you need referrals and connections to help people and to make a living. So when I came back here, I'm like, let me try to meet, let me try to create this team in New York. I feel like I met both of you guys early on. Yeah, yeah, it was pre-hip actually for me. Yeah, it was pre-hip for you and I think I was still playing. Like I remember coming in oh. here as soon as you guys just opened up because right. I needed a place to 
you know, worked out That's at. right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. I just remember you showing up with your dog when I started working here. Oh, yeah, like little furry mailbox, yep. yeah. Always, He's always. a great little dude. <laughs> Do you have a dog yet, Breen? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we got we got a dog. Um, I like to say a little dog, but she doesn't know that. She doesn't know she's 57 pounds. Yeah. So when she jumps on you, and, you know, it's, you're right, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, she doesn't know that. They don't get along at, at all. Oh, they hate each other. Oh, yeah, they don't get along at all. Yeah. Dude, oh, stop over the house. No, don't yeah, who down. knows with dogs? Our dog was so great, and she's still great, but then we had a baby, and she's like, I feel bad that mm-hmm. things like fucking traumatized every day. <laughs> you know, like gets out of bed like it's a new day, like the like, hops into the living room and looks over at the baby and she's like, oh, fucking, she's still here. <laughs> then replaced. Goes back in the bed. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go back to bed. <laughs> but I'm happy you're both on too because we all work with so many high school kids and middle school kids and college kids. And when you're in high school, a lot of these kids have aspirations to play in college and have aspirations to continue to play after college and baseball's a tough ladder to climb and I feel like we all have like experiences in that and like we were talking when we first came on now with the draft got cut yep from what in half basically 40 to 20 yeah yeah it's like I feel like we've had that's math 40 20 that's yeah. half yeah <laughs> I was counting on my fingers trying to figure I was, it I out had to help, I knew I had to help Downey out over there yeah, yeah I appreciate that it's, we, we've had so many PGCBL kids in here over the years mm-hmm. um and I feel like a lot of them, pre the draft getting cut, are guys that go late round and then have a chance. And I feel like with that 20 rounds now, you got to be a stud to go. It's slim pickings. I mean, you have to get out there and you have to perform. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to put yourself in front of the right people. I think, personally, you know, from the pitching side of it, I think it's opened up a lot of the high school, like, the showcase game is booming right now. Like, there's so many, you know, get yourself out there, get seen by anyone who matters. You can go here, you can go there, um, anywhere in the country. And you got a lot of these kids that are just training and they're not really playing, like, they play their high school season. But rather than going to like a full, like, oh, we're going to travel this, they only go to these events. And they, <clears throat> it's a whole different landscape compared to when we were coming through, when you would mm-hmm. just try to play and play and play. And, you you know if they always told you hey if you're good enough they'll find you now you kind of have to go find see them. I used to push back against I think my opinion probably changed within the last year maybe talking to Davey and then talking to McFerrin maybe that changed me the most I used to really push back against it probably partly because we saw everything evolve from just like playing in your yard with your buddies mm. and playing little league and your <clears> high school <throat> team and then that was it if you're good you get you you get seen and that was like anti showcase yeah. like there's pluses and minuses right yeah there's definitely pluses and minuses to it like i know i mean i can speak from the hitting standpoint but like it almost kind of reminds like nowadays it kind of reminds me like kind of the indie ball way like you have to have numbers or else against good competition too you just have to have numbers so you have to go out there and play you mean like your stats in a game but plus like exit velocity yeah. and pl- i think stats like I love metrics and everything like that, but I think you need stats to prove that you can play. Like, there's kids who, mm-hmm. there's kids, I mean, we all know them, we've all seen them that are showcase guys, and they're five o'clock headers and stuff like that. They look great, but lights come on and they kind of shrivel up, where like you, the whole point of the job is to play and play well. So right. I think the stats is the most important part. Yeah, the whole art of playing baseball. And like, I had a conversation with, like, with a guy the other day, and I was like, you know, <clears throat> we got, if you look at them, throwing a bullpen in here looks like a big leaguer 
or you take another guy, oh, my God, he's got exit velocity, you know, 115, he's crushing this, he's crushing that. What happens if he gets a changeup? Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> what happens if, you know, your one-two count, you got a runner on third base, and that's the go-ahead run or that's the tying run? Do you know that I need to get him over? I need to hit a sack fly. I need to know the situational part of baseball. Right. There's not a lot of, you know – Hey, he just doubled up on this pitch. What am I sitting on? Like, right. there's there's a lot of those little game within the game aspect, like they like to call it. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of missed out on. There's you know I gotta come in here. I gotta hit ninety. I gotta hit over a hundred. Whatever it is, right. like well, it's but, uh, IQ. It's the game IQ that right. that you gotta and you gotta have. And then with the numbers too, I tell kids all the time in here like they'll want to like lift more weight. And I go to him, and I'm like, you're not ready to do that yet. And then I'll explain it to them, especially like a baseball kid. I'm like, if you have an exit velo of 105, but you can't hit the damn ball, does it matter? And they go, no. And I was like, so if you have 100 more pounds on this, but you can't lift it right, does it matter? And they're like, no. And they're like, ah. And it's like light switch. Yeah. And you got, you could have the exit velo, you could throw 90, but if you can't throw strikes or hit the ball, it doesn't matter. See, absolutely right. I mean, that's that's the trend Mm -hmm. unfortunate you know that's that's the way it goes like the mechanical fine-tuning of just swings and just pitches pitching in general like that's gotten a lot better but as that has increased obviously just like the game within the game like we were all saying like that decreases like Mm -hmm. yeah it's almost kind of like some like beginner stuff that you just totally forget about where that's the things that need to be the most important things like a you know hammer down to but aren't there's not aren't there numbers now bringing that just like college coaches want to see to even look at somebody or am i wrong about that um yes and no i mean when you're looking at a couple guys and it's like okay well he's got this he's got that like you look at those that stand out off the page and like that's like okay he's got everything can he play versus okay you don't hear about the guy that's hey i'm 85 86 i got four pitches i have i I didn't walk anybody last year You know, it's my quality of contact is very low. I understand how to pitch. I can throw six, seven innings because I'm not running up 100 pitches. I'm staying efficient because I'm filling up the zone. And, you, know, it's, you don't see that as much, and that's where you have to go digging. The, fir- the easiest thing to say is, okay, here's a number, bang, bang, bang. He's got this, he's got this, he's got this. What's his spin rate? Okay, he's got, you know, he's 6'5", he's, he's 88, he throws, you know, 2,400 spin fastball. It's like, oh, okay, that speaks for itself. Right. There's a lot of that, but when you're really looking into a guy, and that's where you got to dig deep and you got to find like, the right guy, because a lot of those guys, like you're saying, oh, I'm 90, I got 2,400. What setting did you do that in? Like, did you go to an event and did you throw that 90 six feet over the backstop? Like, <laughs> like that doesn't count. Yeah, I think, <laughs> like, I think that's the. It's like social media is good and like Twitter is yeah. good because you can get yourself out there in front of people. But you're right. Like when people are posting like top 92 average, but it's just like what yeah. were those? What were those pitches? Top 92. I'm 90 to 91 with a top of 92. Are you? Are <laughs> right. you? That's impressive. You didn't throw one under nine. Good. How many pitches did you throw? Four. I still love the just baseball way of explaining just stats or numbers it's always the three numbers it's like i range from between here but i max out here and the max is always like something ridiculously like four like three or four miles an hour more than the range and you're like all right well where'd that actually come from right yeah like let's be real here no like the i would say numbers and like everything when like looking at it like a player those are the most like eye-popping things that'll come out at first but then like again where was that what setting was it in can you actually like replicate it in a game like, those are the things that, like, you know, when you get on the road and you go look at them, 
that's yeah. where I think it really It's a little bit more refreshing to us, like on the summertime, we don't have the numbers. We don't have anyone's numbers. They come in, oh, they'll show you, oh, I got this, and I got this. You're saying with the Mohawks. Yeah, yeah. You come in, it's like, you've seen them on TV, but you're not in there every day. You're not, you've never met these guys before the first day they report. The Mohawks do a good job recruiting. Most of your guys are... SEC, ACC, you know. guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So you're, but you're, you're seeing good arms and good hitters during the summer. Yeah. What are things you see, Breen, with them that you're like, okay, these are qualities that are important. And when you're working with high school kids, you're like, okay, these are things they're going to need to have if they want to get to this like power five level. The big one that you see right away, and it's usually, you know, Shuttleworth Park, great place to play. Not sure you guys have probably been there. Yeah. Like great place to play. The crowds hopping, you know, everything they got, you know, a, a fan event this, kids are there. It's it's great atmosphere. It gets you ready to play. We both played there back in the day. Well, you know, before the Carter administration, as Coach Griff says. <laughs> but <laughs> had to get it in. <laughs> had to, had to. Shout out to Coach Griff. But um you get there and you see kind of right away, like watch the routine. Watch the way they warm up. You know, the guys, you know, hey, first pitch is 6.30. By the time they're done with announcements, it's, you know, 6.40, first pitch celebration, hula, you know, 6.45 first pitch, got to be ready. And then you see the ones that are diligently, like, every step of the way. And then you get to see that one time through the rotation. The next time through the rotation, they're every step of the way, good or bad. They go out there, again, the crowd's going nuts. You see the ones that compete. Like, that's the difference. You see the ones that want it, and like if you're gonna pitch or play or hit at anything in that level, like you got to think if a pitcher and a hitter are going at each other, it's a game of one on one. You're in a fist fight, right there. Ball puts in, balls get put in play, then your defense. But realistically, it's mano y mano. You got to go right after them. You see the ones that want to compete, the guys that are you know, hey, we just came from the World Series. Okay, great. This guy's how is? Oh yeah, they speak for themselves. I mean, you know the ones that have grown up and they have it, like, right away. Like, they get in there. I'm not talking about the way they step into the batter's box or they celebrate a double. No, the ones they get in there and they have their breathing routine. They have their, you know, I check my batting glove once. I, you know, I step out. I look up at a spot in the sky. I step in. It's like, wow, they're so regimented. Like, they've found something that makes them work. It's and really, it just gets them in the zone to go. It's like, really cool to see, too, because you can almost see the simplicity or the complexity of it all. Like, there's some guys that we've coached this past summer who they're super simple with everything like you'll i'll go over to them during batting practice i'll talk about it like hey what are you thinking about and it's like the most simple just like yeah i'm just trying to hit it right here the entire time like that's it i'm not trying to do anything else go over some other guys and they're thinking about a b c and you know they're thinking about the whole thing both work for like those kids but you get to kind of see the whole vast array of everything which is really cool like that's one of the parts that I enjoyed the most. Really just getting in there, just really un- like getting to know the guys. Because I mean, be, I can speak for hitting. Like hitting's very mental. Very, Baseball's very crazy mental. mental. Baseball's oh. baseball like if I could go back to like little mean elementary school, I'd be like, You gotta figure out your anxiety or you gotta not play baseball because like you're gonna have a hard fucking time these next twenty years of your I'm, life. Imagine that you get a thirty percent on a test and you did great. Yeah. Oh my god. Dude, for some oh. reason that baseball was my sport, but my anxiety and my fear of failure is what ruined it for me. You have to consistently lie to yourself as a hitter, as a baseball player in general, and just tell yourself you're okay. 
when like 70% of the time you are not even close to being okay. <laughs> Any other sport, like you're done. Yeah. You have a 30% mm-hmm. dead, 30%. success rate, right? Yeah. Uh, you're not even on the bench. <laughs> not even on the bench. No. 30% for baseball, though. Like you're moving up, you're playing. Unless you're Shaq shooting 30% from three, well, that's about the only thing. If you're 10 foot six and you weigh 340 pounds and can move. And there right. you go. You can but really, like, that's yeah. about the only thing I could think of off the top of my head. I was like, hmm, right. 30%, what could you do at 30%? Nothing. Yeah. Shaq at the free throw line. There's five rings. Yeah. But it's interesting. Some guys keep things so that, – that do well, keep things so simple. But mm-hmm. some guys are, like, thinkers. Yeah. There's – oh, man, there's so many dudes who are thinkers. It happens that, way uh, more than – I, mean, I, I was going to say, I really feel like there's more, there's more thinkers than there are just, like, keep it simple. 100%. And now, over like, thinkers. You got to think. So, we, I mean, we all deal with the same athletes mm-hmm. and all that. I mean, you can you guys can see it. The ones mm-hmm. that, you know, you have to – the ones that want to crave all the information. Yeah. I want this. I want this. I want this. And then others, it's like, hey, just get a, you know, yeah. basic. And there's no right or wrong way. It's just like you said, like, summer, you got to go nuts. But it's all about, you know, us and the way we have to coach it. Like, we got to understand, like, if I go into this guy and I say, okay, I think we, you know, we kind of got to get here but this. And they look at you like, so I just got to do this? It's like. Yeah, just yeah, just just do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. Hey, point A, point B. There you go. Yeah, yep. just do that. And then you got the other guy. It's like, but I got a little bit. I got about ten percent more pressure on my on my middle finger when I throw this pitch. But like, I got a little blister, so I'm making up for it with this finger. I'm like, <laughs> what? Dude? Like, you got blistered. How about joining us over here on the bucket? How about that one? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we see we see that in the gym sometimes with kids who are just like too meticulous. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I appreciate the detail, but it's in, it's hindering you. You're taking it you're taking it too far. Yeah, like and again, I think McFerrin said this uh, like a while back, and it was like, at the end of the day, you have to compete. Yeah, and like that's a learned trait. Like you yeah. have to go out there and you have to compete, and like that is so true okay. like, why do you play sports yeah. right so this is where we we grew up and we competed you, right. com- you c- competed with your with your boys in the yard and yeah. you competed in like town rec and yeah. you competed in I'm competitive in everything in everything you you <laughs> right. competed but okay so but now we talked about how showcase culture it's not going to go anywhere it is what it is and you have to learn how to use it properly so how do you guys know when you're working with a kid we got to compete now, but you probably should mix in a couple showcases here and there. How do you create that blend? Because I feel like for a lot of parents, that's a confusing world right now. There's so many different travel teams. Like I think people just had tryouts for their travel team yeah. Uh, yeah. at the end of summer. Yeah, I'm like, that's just a cluster F. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know they're they're trying out for eight different teams. They're trying to you know parents are trying to do what's best for their kid, mm-hmm. what's going to help my kid develop the most, and then there's showcases to go to. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. It's probably a little bit more on the pitching side than the hitting side because pitching, you can blow out your arm. Yeah, you can blow out your arm. Yeah, you like have. It, you're like, risking something if you yeah. choose to do a showcase at the wrong time. Yeah, and it's also like your training regimen. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I got this showcase on Saturday. I got to get in on Tuesday and Friday. Recovery is part of the development process. Like, you, if you're just go go go, when does your body ever get back up to peak? And that's like a very very honest conversation you have to have every pretty much every week especially like you know during the spring and during the summer months as far as you know hey if you're going here you almost have to map out a, a like a t- 10 to 14 day schedule form and say you know hey if we're going to go here then we have to back off here and then we can go back up to a certain point and i think you'll be good 
a lot of it is, you know, knowing your athletes. You know, you know when, you know, hey, this guy can throw 10 extra because he's going to keep on top of his stuff. He's shown a clean bill of health. He's, you know, all his everything checks out. Um, you know, and that's that's the biggest thing. But, you know, you tell these parents it's you can't put too much pressure on the kid when you go to these things. You know, they feel it and, you know, they'll come in and it's like, oh, we spent all this money and I didn't mm. pitch very well. Like, you're not going to pitch well all the time. Sorry. Mm. That's that's the way of the game. Like it's just going to happen but if you sit at everything it's like the burden of the money opportunity it's like oh you'd never heard kids say that yeah that's a big piece too well because the parents are spending so much money right they come to a gym like this they do a pitching lesson with you they do a hitting lesson with you so now it's like how do the parents not feel this pressure when you just drop you know three thousand dollars this winter on your kid you got to travel you got a hotel you got to eat while you're there you know what if what if you guys want to go out for a team night or something you guys can probably do that like mm-hmm. it all adds up and then you know a lot of the mature kids out you know they get it you know they get it you hear a lot about that like i never heard it probably until maybe the last 12 18 months or so you start to hear these you know sophomore age kids sophomore junior age kids like they're just such a pressure to commit to a school so they can be done with this and it it sucks the life out of them is that what it is you think to be done with it yeah yes I mm-hmm. think it's more along the lines of yes. to be done with it. It's like the domino effect. Everything else starts, like, people start falling around you and or start signing around you. Yeah. It kind of makes you a little, con- like, self-conscious and honestly self-doubting. Like, oh, can I actually do this? Like, X, Y, Z is all going all over the place. They're all signing. Where am I at? And that, that's kind of that internal look they got to take where, you know, you have to say, you have to be really truthful with the person in the mirror. Just, like, this is where I'm at. Yeah, well, now with, too, social Take media, it's right, it's like, once somebody signs, somebody gets an offer, they're like, oh, post, post, post. The, 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 oh. the best is when the kid comes in, did you see this kid? He signed to wherever, and I throw four miles an hour harder than, like, but, like, who knows what they were looking for? Like, right. may, you know, maybe you didn't present yourself the right way while you were there. That's a very strong aspect of it. Like, how do you handle yourself? Or right. you, does the coach want you? Um, you know, what was the level of competition? Have they been on you? How many other schools are competing for you? Is it a position thing? And, like, there's a lot of these variables, but the kids, at the end of the day, they just want the, you know, I just want to sign a piece of paper. You, you know what would be a good, I feel like, indicator? People like to, in our field, they like to then market on kids. Like, I worked with this kid, which is wild to me, especially since I have a kid now. I worked with this kid, and he signed here. I'm going to market the shit out of that, Yeah. which is, like, disgusting to me because mm-hmm. this is a kid. Yeah. I would love to look at places that do that. And then look at the percentage of kids that are at that same school two or three years later, or or, or just the, their sophomore year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just their sophomore year. One how many nine. how many kids leave after their first year? Because it wasn't the right place. Right. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. You well, see it, right? All the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, all that's the, time. the biggest thing. And I think going back to like the showcase thing is it comes down to uh, we had a basketball guy Steve D'Agostino on at one point, and he was saying how like people are playing. They're doing all this stuff for the scholarship. That's not what it's for. That's a byproduct of everything. And the scholarship's that, the yeah, byproduct. The scholarship's the byproduct. So if you do all the other things, the scholarship's going to come, or the money from the school, however it's going to come, it's going to come. You just got to put yourself in front of the right people, work hard, and like not put the pressure on yourself, which is easier said than done. But that's where parents come in, coaches come in, and set them up with the plan. And that's where like guys like you, guys like us, um, anybody that's in the field come in and 
give the kids the resources they need and the tools they need mentally yeah. to yeah. get through that. That's a lot. I mean, there's a lot that goes into mm-hmm. that too. It's like you gotta, hey, sometimes it's gonna go your way. Sometimes it isn't. Yeah. Like, but you gotta you gotta stick to your path. Stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just stay in your lane. I mean, what is it? I feel like coaching. It's you're coaching. Yeah, you're trying to get them in better, like to improve better physically. But I feel like you're more of a therapist almost too. Oh at times. yeah. Oh yeah. Like you are. Like you're in their head and like. We were joking before we started, like, yeah, you're in my head, Paul, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's never out of, like, anything negative whatsoever. I'm only uh, in your head when you see a band and you're like, this, this is Downey. Oh, I, Jordan, we're going I, on that Jordan, now. I feel so bad. What, what I, color is that? <laughs> you know this, too. I feel so bad about this every time. When I when I worked in Boston, I had this, this client. This guy's name was Mark Furman. Not like the OJ detective guy, this other lawyer guy, Mark Furman. And I trained him for years. And I, hey, Mark, grab the green band. Sometimes you come back with like red. Oh, so whatever, you know, you're older, whatever. He's like, sometimes come back with the green. Okay, cool. He knows it's the green today. And I swear, like two years after I started working with him, hey, Mark, I'll grab the red band. Like, I'm colorblind. I was like, Mark, you can't tell me this the 200 <laughs> other times I've told you to get a band. And yeah, we've done it the same to Downey. So <laughs> I, I, I do it on purpose. So. <laughs> well, here's, here's probably the best. Uh, Oh, we're God. playing golf. We're trying to read the green. Sorry, Downey, to put this on you. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Now every time we go, but he's reading the pot. He's here. Is it the light gray or the dark gray that goes against the grain? I can't tell. What is it? Can you help me out here? Yeah, so I think it was, the, it was the first time we golfed with Griff this year. Yeah. First time we golfed with Griff. And Griff's the head coach of the Griff's the head coach of the Hawks, yeah. yeah. Uh, shout out to Griff. He's awesome. <laughs> but we're golfing with him this year, and... I'm in his, I'm in the cart with them, and you know I'm relatively new to the golf game. I'm just starting to learn it. That's a generous way of putting it. <laughs> Thanks. Very new to it, and you know he's hopping in and he's gonna, he's showing me all the pointers and stuff like that. So he's kind of right behind me and he's explaining, you know, like light green's gonna go faster, dark green's gonna go slower. It's gonna that's how you read it and go from there. I'm kind of looking a little shell-shocked because he's been in my ear the entire day about everything, so I can't even tell my lefts from rights at this point. <laughs> but I'm just wide-eyed. I'm confused as all hell. And I just look. I just kind of like rotate my head over to Zach and look at him like, a, come on, man, you got to help me out here. And he just goes, light gray fast, dark gray slow. I go, oh, got it. <laughs> Probably put it within like a half a grip length to the hole. We counted. I, I saw it go in the cup. Golf is a game of failure. Not baseball. Golf is game of failure. Golf yeah, is golf's the frustrating. Hardest. As I've been playing, sport. I've noticed like it really shows you who you are. Yeah, it really shows you who you are. Like <laughs> it's competition. It shows you like, I mean, nobody else is like. I mean, in baseball, if I strike out to Zach, which happened often, I don't remember. <laughs> Jay, do you refuse to golf again? Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> That's a smart man right there. Yeah. That's a lot of money saved. Like, uh, I like my mental health too much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if I ever had a relaxing time on a golf course. Is it because of dad when we were younger? Yeah, it didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wonder how, how many of these has Dave listened to? I don't know if That's he listens question. or not. Definitely a couple. We've talked about a couple. Yeah. Okay. So he listens yeah. to some. He may hear it. <laughs> oh. Oh, I love Shout it. Out but, Dave. but yeah, 
The supplement industry is like the Wild West. The lack of regulations mean the supplements you purchase may not even contain the ingredients listed on the label, which is why I get my daily vitamins and supplements from Thorne. Thorne vitamins and supplements are made without compromise. Quality ingredients ensure your body optimally absorbs and digests your daily supplements, while in-house and third-party testing ensure you're getting exactly what you paid for. Thorne offers a variety of health tests reviewed by board-certified physicians that evaluate your lifestyle, gut health, sleep, stress hormones, and metabolic markers to determine which vitamins and supplements may be most effective in helping you feel and perform better throughout the day. For college and professional athletes, Thorne has NSF-certified supplements that make sure you won't get popped positive on a drug test. Whether you're an athlete, professional, parent, grandparent, or weekend warrior, Thorne's selection of high-quality supplements can help improve your quality of life. Switch to Thorne's high-quality and extensive extensively tested supplements today at thorn.com backslash u backslash cdsf that's thorn.com backslash u backslash cdsf this episode of off exit 10 is brought to you by anchor and the all-new anchor pro crafted to endure the most high performance workouts without the high cost and space requirements of a standard cable machine Named the best portable cable machine by Men's Health Home Gym Awards, Anchor provides the full functionality of a cable machine in one small space-saving unit. Designed with user-friendliness in mind, Anchor can simply be attached to any squat rack or placed on any wall in your home gym using its intuitive sliding track mount. With up to 65 pounds of resistance, Anchor is built for high-speed and controlled exercises alike, from cable presses and rows to chops and lifts. The Anchor has been a game-changer for us here at CDSF, and now you can enjoy the same professional-quality cable machine in your own home gym by heading over to anchortraining.com and using code CDSF10 for 10% off your order today. Get all the benefits of a cable machine without the high-cost installation fees. Enjoy the portable luxury and space-saving performance of Anchor today by going to anchortraining.com and using code CDSF10 at checkout. That's anchortraining.com, promo code CDSF10 for 10% off your order today. But the college thing, like when you guys were going through high school, how much did you think about, I want to play in college, I want to sign to a school? Uh, Pretty much once I was old enough to understand what it was, you know, you got to go to college, scholarship, we got to pay for, like, doesn't matter where you go. If, if someone says they want you and they're willing to put up, you know, some money to get, help get your education, then, you know, go for it. You know, that was kind of the the field when I was, I grew up. So, you know, I went to a Division two school down North Carolina, Barton College, and I loved it. You know, I, I loved it. Number one for me, and same thing I'll tell the guy now, it's like I got an opportunity to play. I got, you know, a, a pretty much a new experience going down south. I, I met, you know, a, a whole different side of the world that I'd never seen. There's, def- seen. there's definitely an important piece about leaving here. Mm-hmm. There is. It's like, you know what? Who's going to wake you up to go to class in the morning? You. Like, you, you know, there's, there's a lot of life aspects. Like, that's why you, I, t- I encourage people, you know, hey, if go a couple hours away. If you don't want to go, go a couple hours away. Like, right. you, you, it's more of a life thing than a, you know, just a pure baseball thing. Cause like, you're going to have to do this. You got to do your laundry. You got to do your homework. You got to get up for this. You got to go do your lift. And like, if you slack off, then you're done. Like that's it. Like they'll just go find someone else. Right. That's a real world. Yeah. 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 And then Donnie, where were you? Were you, you were a Juco first out of high school? Oh yeah. No. So okay. I was a Juco kid over at Herkimer first. I was Juco, there for two years. Juco bandit. Juco bandit. Herk, man. <laughs> and then, uh, from there, I went to St. Bonaventure. Was there for two semesters, I want to say, at the most. And like talking about it too, like looking back on it, I think I even rushed my decision. And like that's something I've thought about for a while. Like to I think what? I, to do Herc or to do Bonaventure. Do Bonaventure. 
because I was caught up in that whole D1 clout. Like, I really wanted to get that because, to me, I thought that would prove to myself that, like, I was, you know, above par. When right. in reality, all I had to do was kind of look at the back of my baseball card, show myself that I could play. But, no, went to St. Bonaventure, loved it there, but wasn't really my right fit. And then, you know, from there, went to a school down in Louisiana, uh, LSUA, Alexandria. I don't think I knew this. Yeah. I uh, went down there for, oh, Jesus, I went down there for, like, maybe two or three months. Yeah, it didn't work out. Did not that. work out. That was a. Uh, I love my time there. I have so many funny stories with a lot of great people that I still talk to today about this. But like, it wasn't really a good fit. I was just trying to bounce around. I wanted to play. Like at the end of the day, that's the only thing I ever cared about. I just wanted to play. I'd figure everything else out later. So you know, I bounced around from there. Uh, went to uh, Brockport after that. Same thing. Wasn't really my thing. And then I just said, you know what? I'm gonna really put my money where my mouth is. And see if I can play in the sport, and that's when I kind of left and went to went the indie ball route. Had a lot of fun there. Yeah, see, baseball—it's so interesting because there's so many paths. I feel like other sports, it's like I go college and then I get drafted, and yeah. that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's ba- kind of that. Base- Baseball—you could see a 29, 30 year old yeah. you know, making, um, you know, kid I grew up with, Zach Remillard, same age. Like there he is making his big league debut at the age of twenty nine. Right, you know, yeah. absolutely, and he comes yeah. up and he has a great, you know, first game. It's just unbelievable. It's like you love seeing that, but like that's probably the only game you don't see thirty year olds in basketball. You know, no. making their debut, you no. know, for the Lakers or something. You right. don't see that. No. One of the guys I was at driveline with, too, Brandon Mann. He was on a MLB Network and everything like that when he made his debut with the Rangers. He's He's been a minor league guy for, mm. oh, geez, he got drafted out of high school. And he was in the minors just grinding away. Bounced around, went all over the world, you know, played in different, like, different professional leagues all over the place. Ends up getting his start. I think he was 33 or 34 with the Rangers. Like, there's so many avenues you could take and right. especially just being a part of it and just talking to those guys like that's those are the stories that are awesome to hear but it's almost like getting led on oh it's definitely because then it's on. like oh well this guy signed at 34 yeah, let right. me get in shape like <laughs> what yeah you, <laughs> Brit, you, can, you can still throw it yeah don't let him fool you I he feel, can still throw it yeah. i feel like i've heard i feel like i hear a couple stories every year of like some kid comes in here high school or college <laughs> He's like, yeah, I went to some, how was your weekend? It was good. I went to some live ABs. Oh, cool, man. How was it? I'm like, yeah, Breen was there. You like, you know, chugged a bang. You got up there and threw 91. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then the, what they don't see is what the next seven days look like. But, you know, about yeah, about once every, you know, once once a month we can get up there and we can let it go. And, you know, then it's, you know, struggle for the next seven days. Just mentally prepare yourself to lock in and be in pain. Yeah. And, you know, hey, this is what Monday feels like. So I am going to puff them up a little bit here. Don't so do that. This, this summer with the Mohawks, we had a, yep. We had charity, a little, uh, what did you say it was a charity game? Like a jersey auction night. Yeah. So it was like a jersey auction night where players are wearing different jerseys after the game. You know, they all auction off and they go to whoever it is, take a picture with them afterwards, and, you know, you eat afterwards then. One thing that I found was awesome with our guys was, like, they were hitting at all hours of the day. Like, as soon as the game was over, like, a lot of the guys are rolling out the turtle and the machine and the, they're getting are, their hacks off. Are these guys though that didn't get a lot of babies during the year so they're getting them now or no they got babies during the spring? Uh, well, it's a mixture. It's uh, during the spring you know we have a lot of the younger guys that show up to Amsterdam you know we'll have you know the guys that all right this guy threw a bunch you know we'll, we'll get a lot of seasoned pitchers but a lot of the, the hitters 
um, the hitters, there's a little bit of a mixed bag. You know, you have the guys that started, you have the guys that split time. But, yeah, these guys all the time, we're getting ready to leave, and I'm like, why are the lights still on? Wait a minute. That's a ball in the air. What is happening? Like, what are we doing here? And we walk back down, and all of a sudden, there they are. It's a group of five of them. So around. a group of five are just there hitting, and me and Zach walk out. We're just talking to them and hanging out. And then I think one of them mentions, like, oh, like, why don't you go up there? And he's like, oh, if you got, like, size 14 cleat, I'll get up there. Kid takes off running towards the locker room, and Zach just looks at me and goes, oh, no, here we go. <laughs> Thinking he'd say, no, nah, I don't have those cleats. Uh, never. Oh. Never, never, You should have said never. 15. <laughs> well, I think we would have had them, too. Yep. <laughs> so kid sprints into the locker room, gets the cleats, comes out. Zach goes, all right, I guess I'm doing this. Starts warming up. Stuff like that. And I take like 12 throws. Yep. I, I kick out the leg a little bit, do an arm circle here and there. <laughs> Sounds like a Dan Jones warm up. <laughs> I cr- crack the neck and, you know, all right, here we go. You know, coach, where's your J band routine? Yeah, you know what? I get it. I get, I get it. Look the other way. I look the other way. Do as I say, not as I do. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. I think coach, you can't went... walk today. I still hit 90. So just. I think you went. First six batters, all strikeouts. First four, first four, first all, four? All, yeah, first four. There wasn't a, <laughs> not even a barrel. First four got, not got a sound. A swing and miss on six pitches. Yep. Six and then after that, pitches. he just you know felt a little bad and decided to give up some contact. Yeah, yeah, huh? yeah, a little bit. You know, eventually you got to keep him engaged. Yeah. you, you got to let him come back a little bit. Oh, I almost got you. But it's got to be quicker than that. Yeah. It's a funny little thing too, because like the very next day, you see him getting basically wheeled around. In a wheelchair because he can't walk. He's in bubble wrap. Yep. All the kids are just like, "What happened?" And all the, the other kids who were there. They're like, "Oh, you'll never believe this, man." <laughs> Him? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he can throw. Well, the best part is we're scrambling the next day. It's like, "Oh, we gotta get somebody up." Oh my God! Griff goes, "Get out there." He goes, "Take a visit." He goes, "Walk like you normally do." I said, "All right." Umpire comes about halfway. He goes, "I know what you're doing." I said, "My hip really hurts today." He goes, "All right." Only because I know you're not lying. I get out there. I'm still talking, still talking. I go, all right. He goes, now you got to walk all the way back to the dugout. I said, yeah, that's right. I go, if foul ball comes over here, I will fold like a lawn chair. <laughs> so it's built in. It's not good when Coach Griff's walking better than me, but, yeah, it happens from time to time. Yeah, well, Very rarely, but. Yeah. Yeah. So, through like, Breen, you get into college. Do you have aspirations to play post-college? Of course. Of course. I mean, you make it to college. What's next? Right. You know, it's it's like life. You, know, you keep going up that ladder. How far? How high can I get to? Like, what's the level that I can get at? You always want to play against the best. And that's it. Like, if you're a competitor and you're a real true competitor, it doesn't matter if, you know, as soon as someone says, hey, you know, I, I can get a hit off you, you know, like you're in. But you get there and that's where I say there was probably some stuff where it kind of, you know, pressure, so to say, especially junior year, senior year, where it's like, all right, like, I think I might have maxed out what I can physically do. I've had a Tommy John. I've had other things. I've had, you know, a couple other things go wrong for me. I'm not in the greatest shape, but you go out there and you compete. Then again, like you said earlier, like, oh, are you looking for a number? Well, when the number is 88, 89, it's certainly not going to get it done. Right. But, you know, you always, like the whole indie ball thing, you, you give it a shot. You know, you know, like, hey, it just, there's always that hope that you could always have your best day when the right guy's there. Mm-hmm. And if you have your best day when the right guy's there, who knows? You know, and there's that's kind of that was kind of like the thing that always like was out in front of you. Like, hey, you could always oh, you got the number 2 team in the country this weekend. Great opportunity. All right, yeah, I threw a complete game, but you know, 
I walked four. I gave up three runs. I struck out 10. My velocity was anywhere from 84 to 92, depending on how I felt and, you know, <laughs> whatever it takes to get through a game. And But that's not good enough. You know, it's but you always you always try to play. And that's where the older you get and you want to look back on it, I tell the guys, you, you go to the highest level that you can. The game will tell you when you're done or your body. But the game will tell you when you're done. If you don't make it, if you can look back and say, you know what? I went as far as I could. I did as much as I could. I, I, I'm, I'm happy with the career that I had, and I met a lot of cool people. Like, hey, let's, let's start to move on a little bit. You know, and that's where I think kind of the, flip, the switch flips. But you're always trying to get to the top. You know, you're always, always trying to get to the top. There's even guys, you know, there's minor leaguers. Like you said, man, there's 33, 34-year-old. Why are they still in minor leagues? You want to get to the big leagues. Mm -hmm. Why are there still guys on YouTube? You know, you see YouTube videos. I'm training for this, and I just had this, you know, surgery again, and we're ramping up. And it's like, you don't want to say for what, but you want to say, hey, all the power to you. Right. You only have so, like you said, you only have so long to play. Like, I remember listening when Brady was, like, getting ready to retire. He's like, I only have so many years to play football. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get every year out of it that I can. And he got every year. And it's like that. Every that's dollar weird. too. Yeah, every yeah. dollar too. <laughs> yeah, that, that's and eh, maybe not. He took some pay cuts in in New England. True, you know? true, true. But um, besides that, it's like you do only have so many years to play, and if you want to be or try to get to the best level, why not just keep pushing it yeah. until you can? Yeah, you know? yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. I but, mean, you'll, you'll go everywhere trying to get to it. You'll drive yourself nuts. But Danny, because how many years of indie ball did you did you do? Uh, three and a half. I would say three and a half. I kind I. Uh, I, re- I, re- yeah, I could say retired, I guess. Retired like midway through. Uh, yeah. Early year of 2019 was like the last one. And like, yeah, the game, I fully believe the game will tell you when you're done. And then also if you can really get to a spot within yourself, I think mm-hmm. you can tell yourself when you're done. But that right. was my number one thing. Like, I don't think my career was anything based off of immense skill. I think it was just based off of pure stubbornness because I just wanted to keep going until... I told like I knew in myself I was done. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Just pure stubbornness. Like, so I mean, it's the whole story that everyone hears. Like, oh, you're never gonna make it. You're not good enough. You hear it from everybody. Anyone and everybody will tell you that. Oh, you're crazy for doing that. But then you're in the middle of it, and you're just like, I just want to keep going. Like, it's almost like a prove you wrong thing. Like a you know keep receipts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing that drove me the most was just like inside of just like, hey, I have so many people who've told me no. Dude, that's a real fucking thing. Like Sam Sam and I were, I think it was just earlier this week, we were talking about just like different different ones of our friends and their career paths. And and I don't know how it came up, but she's like, like you still have a chip on your shoulder. I'm like, yeah. I was like, I don't think it's ever going to not be there. No, I, don't, I don't think that ever goes away. Yeah. I think the two, like it's the... Uh, that chip on your shoulder never goes away. And then also kind of that like Atlas holding the world up kind of feeling because like you got to balance both. Like you got to balance that chip on your shoulder. That, like you want to tell everybody no and like, Oh, I'm better. But then also you got to kind of like carry your burdens. Like, Hey, this is the life I'm living. This is what I got to kind of deal with. Got to make your bed with it. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. That's, that's true. Very right? inspirational. You got you to you drive to Seattle, Washington, to California, to Texas. To, that, yeah. You know. That was like, that was you Downey. Cause yeah. this was, when did you go to Driveline and train? At, uh, at what point was that? Driveline was... And this was early, right? Like early facilities at Driveline? Oh, uh, this not... was... Uh, so in the history of Driveline, this is second facility. Okay. Uh, one in the... One in their... The one they're at right now is the third one. I was at the middle one. So that was, I want to say, 
I want to say that was fall, uh, spring of 2017. Uh, that was like my first time out there, and I, I was out there for a full year. That was kind of like a I was over. I finished like I think a half a season indie ball at that point, and I kind of figured like I need to completely reinvent myself if this is you know the path I want to take. And for me, that was just like kind of gaining power and like extra base hits. Like I think up until that point in my career, I was kind of like a racehorse for every team I was on. Like, hey, put the ball on the ground and just go run. You could fly, man. You could fly before all the 17 hamstrings that you pulled. <laughs> Thanks. But, yeah, like, I I noticed, like, I need power if I'm an outfielder. I need to do it. And, like, I forgot who it was. Actually, no. It was Boland. Boland was Boland. the – Yeah. Boland said – he's like, hey, I, there's a place out there in uh, Seattle. I've been looking at it. Like, you should probably give it a look and, like, figure it out and, like, just watching the videos and stuff because that was like early driveline youtube right there and like i was witnessing all like the cool stuff they're doing and everything like that And i was like this is the place i need to be at so i reached out and got everything set in motion and i just moved across the country to figure out how to hit a baseball and honestly that was probably the best time of my life that was so much fun man there's so many guys over there that i still talk to to this day so much things i've learned from them just even being like a fly on the wall and it's almost like moving away to college that's what I was just thinking. It's like getting away from upstate New Everything. York. Yeah, yeah. Just get just getting away from like where you grew up. Whether it's you know us up here in upstate New York, or you know if you did grow up in a city like let's say you grew up in New York City, going somewhere else outside of New York City to get a, just a different perspective on life and what else there is out there. And again, like you said, to learn like how to do stuff on your own, yeah. like not have mom and dad there, or have coach there, or have the teacher there whoever I, it is i think the life part was the biggest thing mm -hmm. just a complete reset on life like you know you you get caught in your routine you get caught in everything that goes on around here and everything that's stuck and i don't want to say stuck but like everything that's around here in general like that stuff gets built into you how do you want to like if you want to build yourself successfully any way you want and like follow your passion how do you do it mm -hmm. just completely figure out a new pattern figure out a new way to work it and that was the thing like i went over to seattle with a duffel bag of baseball bats and like a suitcase i had no idea how to get to and from the facility i had no idea really where i was going to stay past a month i think in the place just go figure it out that, that reminds me of when we had uh rugen on yeah. and he said he moved to new york city with like no money like very little money very like just went down there and dude figured dude. and figured it out and dude. now he's a successful realtor down the, there the 20s are the time where you got to go figure that stuff out and like you can either just kind of sit back and like watch it go by or just go do it mm -hmm. and like go do something that you're like really passionate about and like the way that i've always thought about it is your passions and purpose have to be more or have a greater like kind of internal fire in you than like self-doubt and anxiety yeah because like once that flips like that is one hell of a, like if your self-doubt and anxiety is higher than your purpose, then, like, what you truly feel like in life, whew, that's a tough place to come back from, man. Because, like, that's a lonely, lonely place to be in. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, especially with a sport like baseball. It, it's, baseball is, like, the most individualized team game ever. Because, like, if you mess up while hitting, like, it's your fault. If you make the error, it's your fault. And, like, yeah, it's a team game. Like, collectively, you have to do well to win, but, like, if you make an error that's on you and like that sometimes it's time to tough to deal with because yeah. it happens so often so you're constantly just you know telling yourself you're okay telling yourself you're okay yeah 
But I feel like you go through all that. It's like, okay, now it makes you better suited to be a coach and to work with kids because you're like, okay, I know what you're going through or what you may go through or what you could go through. Sometimes that's the hard part because you can't get, like, there, sometimes you you have the guy that's so close-minded, it's like, no, like, you can't, it's not just peaches and cream all the time. Like, you're going to open up that ice cream gallon out of the freezer one day and someone's going to eat the vanilla and the chocolate and you're just going to get stuck with the strawberry in the middle. I'm like, I'm sorry, but, like, nobody wants that. <laughs> that's a great analogy. I like it. Yeah. Well, like, that's true, though. I'd like, be pissed. I'd be pissed. <laughs> oh, I remember I was, like, first grade. It was, you know, back in the 70s. And, you know, you go to you go, you go to lunch and it's like, oh, great, what do we got? You got strawberry and vanilla. I'm like, can I, I, I just get half? I don't want, no offense to strawberry, but I don't want strawberry. No, I don't, look at me i'm am i looking like i'm eating strawberries no. I, love how, I love how quickly you just turned that into like a self-hate on strawberry ice cream like that was pretty impressive ah, you know what i'm not the only one i'm not the only one no i'm taking credit for something i saw on the internet someone funnier someone funnier than me said something a week ago and you know i just you know, pulled it out of somewhere but but when when did you start coaching breen was it right after your college career so I was coaching with my buddy Lou in uh, a high school team. We had a JV high school team in North Carolina, and we were good. we were good. I mean, so you we, stayed down there after college? Yeah, yeah. I didn't have I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know what I was doing. So I got done playing. I had one year left to finish my degree, and that was like by far like one of the toughest experiences to do because you're there, go to school and play baseball, and then all of a sudden you can't el you're not eligible to play baseball anymore you've played for four years but you have to get your degree like that's part of it and like it's a thing you know it's more common you know you get these five-year degrees there's no shame in it you know some people take six years seven years to get a degree but you know there's there's nothing wrong with yeah there's nothing wrong with that path it's just very very tough you know yeah. very tough because well, everyone you, around you is still playing you were at how many different schools oh i think i touched every level of like <laughs> I definitely touched every yeah, level. I was, I was just about to say, be careful yeah. how you wear this. Yeah, yeah, but but these, but these are paths that that kids that kids in high school may think I'm going to choose my college. I'm going to be there for four years. I'm going to play. I'm going to get my degree, and then I'm done. But it's like that's almost you know it's equally as much. This is not going to be for you. you. Go somewhere else, Jordy. You were at one, two, three, three colleges, six years. Right. It's like there's no right path. What made you switch around a lot? The, didn't like the baseball program, academics, the social aspect? It was a little mixture of both. Uh, it was a mixture of all. I mean, honestly, uh, wasn't good enough or didn't get enough exposure out of high school. So I was mentally, I was like, all right, well, if, you know, this is going to be it for me. Like, I'm going to try to go to the best, best one I can go to. And at the time, and still is, Herkimer was that like school around here. Like, these guys are nationally ranked, everything like that, you know. Honestly, I don't even think Raz really knew who I was at one point. Like, when I first got there, I was just kind of a kid who he recruited, and I was there. And then I played really well, and I played my way into the starting lineup for sure. But after that, uh, Bonaventure, I think it was – Bonaventure for me was a great time. I think it got a little – I wasn't ready for it. I honestly wasn't mature enough to handle it. And, you know, that was like alert. baseball and just being at like a bigger school, baseball, school, kind of everything, especially school. You know, <laughs> it's terrible. Like, this is why I like coaching, because don't ever do what I do. I did. But when I went and I transferred over to Bonaventure, I remember telling the academic advisor, like, 
hey, listen, just give me the easiest major possible. I'm just here. I, I really just want to play baseball. <laughs> That's not uncommon. Not uncommon not at all. You're not the only person. You're oh, not yeah. going to be the last person. Definitely not the last. But, yeah, I just remember saying that. Like, I just really wasn't mature enough to handle it. And at the time, I think it was just me being like, oh, I just want to play baseball at the highest level. That's the highest one I got. Let's go. And, like, that was my sole focus. But, like, kind of, like, going through those, like, kind of failures and just, like, truly owning it. Just being like, I messed up on that one big time. I need to, like, reassess and figure it out. And then from there, it was just, you know, like, that pure stubbornness of just trying to play at the highest level. And, like, once in my mind, I was like, I just need to go do this to, like, prove to myself that I can go do it. And then after that, everything just, you know, hard reset. Because, you know, I mean, being so one-sided with baseball, just – Saying, like, all your eggs were in that basket? Oh, yeah, that, I, that was – there was no other baskets. Yeah, it was just – I was going to go do this and you see that we'll with, figure it out. You see that with kids, yeah, Bryn? Is it good or not good or sometimes good and sometimes not good? Um, depends on how, how you want to put it. So, like, there's sometimes, like, there's – you have all these kids, oh, I want – you know, I'm going to go here, I want to do this, I want to play this, but there's also – you could – describe it differently there are like all my eggs are in one basket because i want to go play baseball but now there's a lot of the times which i'm actually it's, it's a good change of pace kids have <clears throat> you know they're turning down offers and they're turning a couple kids they're turning down offers just it's like no i'm so set on what i want to do post baseball hmm. that like sorry these aren't i'm not changing my mind and it's it, you see that's the one that we like to see you know it's like all right because there's always going to be an afterlife you know mm -hmm. no, Whenever you're, you could be 40 when you're done, 45 when you're done, whenever it is, but at some point you're going to be done. Like, what are you going to do and go for it? It's like, you know, I, I try to ex express, you know, some of my life stuff on the athletes. And it's like, you know, I, I went to college, I was playing baseball. I didn't know what I was going to do. And, you know, I kind of, you know, I, I got a decent degree, which I've used, but I haven't, I, I could probably have done so many, so many other things to help what I'm doing now versus, you know, a lot of what I'm doing now is, kind of self-taught through experiences and you know i've been through this doctor and this coach and heard this you know like a podcast like you hear better minds talking about because you know it's sports and a lot of things you know some of these things is now copycat you know they works here it works there it works this you know and like the driveline thing once that went off you see the plyo balls everywhere right oh you see you know you got a rapsodo sitting right there like everywhere you know so it's kind of like that you know it's you get do you use rapsodo yeah. Does it work all of the time? Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Most it depends on what kind of software you have. I mean, I've been through all of it, like all oh, all of it. I mean, I when it works, it's a very very cool thing. Yeah. It's awesome. But the problem is like when we've had our experiences over the past, like there's sometimes it doesn't work and then you're you're on hold for a while and it's like, <laughs> "Oh man, like I just it's a really I, cool product. I guys. wish I wish that like TrackMan, if they just made a different product that was a little <laughs> bit lower price point, but a little bit higher price point than Rapsodo, yeah, it'd be the move. So, but the track, I mean, the TrackMans are so great, but they're so expensive. It's they're like so expensive. Yeah, you get what you pay for, but right. like, you know, I think the Rapsodo is just a fine product. If you if if that's what you have, like you right. can do a lot with it. Mm -hmm. You know, now it's you get into different aspects of things. You know, where it's you know movement because of seam shift and you know this and total move. 
you get a little bit of a different read with the system that it uses versus the track man. Now, if you go through and you, you study it all and you, you do what you got to do, you figure out how to use it as long as, you know, willing that it turns on and it works properly. Right. And that's, you know, and it, reads the, it reads the pitches that you throw in. Right, right, yeah. you know, right, right. I, <laughs> I could take a look and see if I could fix that too because I, I feel like, you know, you're not the first people I've said. We're, oh, on, we're on like our third unit. This one's working okay. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, when I first, you know, started getting into it, I think we went through like four or five. Like, yeah, know, we mm -hmm. went through two. It was on the tripod of all things. I'm like, well, <laughs> this is a target for a lot of the guys we got coming in here. Yikes. <laughs> and then, you know, yeah. My favorite one is how the faceplate broke on a spiked 82 mile an hour fastball, and it's like when you think about this, you put that fat, you put that unit on the ground at 45 feet. Yeah, 45 feet. Now it's 46 feet from little league distance, so you couldn't even throw a fastball for a strike at a little field. Don't you just hate when the strike zone dances around? You I like hate that? when the strike zone moves around on people, Man. and you know it's just sometimes it's here, sometimes it's there. You know, <laughs> oh my god, well, that one now it's up on that part of the net. No, it just it happens. <laughs> some guys can't find it you know other it, it, you know some people they say coach hey the strikes don't moved out of the way hey i hear you that's yeah. tough. I, w I wish i said that when i was taking pitching lessons at uh, all-stars growing up I, <laughs> you go, you that, last, that lasted about a month and then i was like yeah i'm not pitching uh, <laughs> I'll, st I'll stick the outfield yeah right. <laughs> my pitching career ended my sophomore year of high school yeah that that's when mine ended it's a very infamous uh little scenario so yeah. garrett whitley uh, oh yeah, yeah. Whitley's yeah. a shout, shout out Whitley. Yeah. Shout out Whitley. Yeah. Shout out Whitley. So, I was a sophomore. He was. Uh, it was actually just before I got called. Dude, I wish we had Whit we win. had Whitley lined up to come on the podcast last year, and then I got COVID. Oh. I fucking shelved it. Yeah. So we'll get him back again. Oh. Yeah. How's he doing? He's. I don't know. I don't want to speak to it. He signed with the Phillies. But I saw it. I saw he. I saw on his Instagram the other day that I think he's done playing. Huh. Don't we'll have we'll have to research. I, I know he had a bad shoulder injury. Yeah. It's like right when he got off, he had a bad that bad shoulder injury, and it was like, oof, that's. But I just know, he had a good year, and I, he played in Australia for I think a winter season. I think he played really well out there. It's just a nice dude. Really yeah. nice dude. Yeah, man. yeah. Really, I, I mean, he wish he, I wish he was nicer on the changeup by home, but. <laughs> <laughs> he ended it. He hit a ended it. bomb. Ended my career. Hung a changeup right down the middle. And if you guys have ever played at South Colony School, uh, there's the gymnasium right behind the left center fence. It's not right behind. It's not a right good behind. distance behind. Yeah, it's about 30. Don't let them fool you. It's a good distance behind. It was fence. a bomb. We'll be, yeah, yeah. We'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> hung a changeup right down the middle, put it on top of the gym, on, on top of the building of the gym. And after that, I told everyone I'm never stepping in that like brown circle again i'm not doing it <laughs> this episode of off exit 10 is brought to you by drink alchemy fatigue and brain fog affect us all destroying everything we pursue whether as an athlete artist creator or entrepreneur our mind holds the key to performing optimally by combining the most potent organic nootropics found in nature drink alchemy delivers sustainable boost to creativity memory energy and focus in one epic beverage stop pumping your body full of excessive amounts of caffeine and unknown proprietary blends from other energy drinks and get clean energy from drink alchemy's natural nootropics like lion's mane l-theanine and caffeine from green tea used by olympians d1 athletes mma fighters and entrepreneurs drink alchemy has become a huge part of my daily routine making sure I'm functioning optimally during long days of coaching athletes, running CDSF, and getting in quality workouts myself. So do yourself a favor and ditch the energy drinks loaded with caffeine, other stimulants, and who knows what else, and head over to drinkalchemy.com today. Live with your mind unbound and save 10% off your order by using code CDSF at checkout. 
That's drinkalchemy.com, promo code CDSF for 10% off your order today. Can you gingerbread me? That's what's gingerbread. And can I have some of that cute uh, creamer as well? That creamer is good, right? It right is good. Yeah. It is good. Yeah, a little French one? vanilla. Yeah. Do you want to pour it up? You, I don't can, wanna... you pour it up. Just give me like half of that of coffee, please. Um, my first ever <clears throat> game I started in college, Dan Jones was the pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> what an ugly guy. And uh, yeah, that's good. A little creamer. So, yeah, Dan was the pitcher the first ever game I started. I was I started at third base. Oh, uh, this was pre being moved to the outfield? No, I, I, my first time I ever played a game in college, I was an infielder in high school. We, our outfielders got hurt. They just put me in the outfield. Every Mike is not me. an outfielder. Yeah. But no, <laughs> that game I got just put in the middle of the game. But the first game I started was at third base, and Dan was the pitcher. And yeah, we lost. We got crushed. And I did, like, okay, like, probably, like, you know, regular Mike, like, fucking one for three and made some plays in the field. And I come out of the dugout after the game. My dad's like, hey, is your neck okay? And I'm like, yeah, like, I don't think anything happened. He's like, oh, like, you kept having to go like this the whole time. <laughs> 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 it's all bus dance balls yeah. telling that story. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, man, those years. Um, so, bring your first coaching job, North Carolina, then when did you come back up here? Came back up here uh, 2018, started at Frozen Ropes, was oh, there for a good good amount of time. So that's and, when I uh, met you then. You were then yeah. just freshly back up yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, just kind of just getting into it. And, like, you know, for me, like, I started, just wanted to be around baseball, and that's really the only thing I knew, and um, got really creative got really really creative just uh, tapped into a lot of uh you know like doing this like doing that kind of had free reign to try out a lot of things that's part of this field though you need to kind of figure out your ways i mean when you're surrounded by better people it helps you figure out your ways like yeah. i was at cressy's for uh, for a while yeah that was those were the coolest times because it was before it was like when you were at driveline it was early mm -hmm. i think it was the second or third space it was the biggest you trained there yeah Tony. it was the biggest yeah. what years were you there you were there after me i was there after you uh i was there 15 into 60. yeah so i was still living in boston but i wasn't <laughs> there but it was like the early years when it was like just Cressy mm -hmm. and General Core and Greg Robbins and it was like that. That was the staff. And Matt Blake was there. I was gonna ask if that was before Blake or and not. That was Blake yeah. and Blake he was <clears throat> coaching a high school team. He was a regional scout for the Yankees and then doing pitching lessons. Mm -hmm. But you would just watch him operate. Like you know, he was doing metrics and combining biomechanics with the pitching and the psychology and the strength training. Like, you know, it's probably since before 2010 and it was just cool to watch him like it's so... but he was being creative he was learning from eric on the strength training side and i would see him reading anatomy books and he was you know just trying blending different things and now it's like look at him he's a pitching coach for the yankees it's wild yeah it's a field that you are constantly learning and adapting like it, it, you look at probably some of the things that we've done you know three years ago you're like oh probably isn't it anymore but and it's like it's not like you're a accountant or a teacher you don't go to school and you don't study coursework and it leads you to this yeah, there's no. nothing that directly leads you no no, to no. That. that's the beauty that's the beauty of it you know you got to get there you you get in here i'll try this out i want to get a different feel and a lot of times it's how would i be able to describe this if i was coaching to somebody like what's the best way what i'm feeling okay i know what i'm feeling i know how i'm going to describe it so i'm going to dumb it down about 10 levels and how would I be able to present this to the average kid? You have those guys that you can, you know, have that high-level intellectual conversation, and you have the kids where it's, 
hey, pick your foot up. I need you to do this. Maybe land that way and throw the ball there. Okay. You know, like those are the easy ones. But, yeah, there's really nothing to prepare you except life experience. And that's, you know, I think it's a really a genuine field. You know, it's you get all these guys like you played this growing up, you did this growing up, like this is your life. And that's why you have so much passion. You go into it and you just you have to. If, if it's something where you feel like you're going to work every day, you're not doing it right. You know, it's, it doesn't feel like work. It just feels like this is life. Like, this is just what I'm doing. Yeah. Hearing that is cool because you'll be at Sienna as your pitching coach, which is so cool for this area because I feel like, I mean, we know guys who have been at UAlbany, like they don't do, they haven't had great success with development. St. Rose has Wayne now, which yep. I think, you know, they're played for Wayne. Yeah, in the day. which I think is great for that. Now you have a school where it's like you have a good players coach working developing guys. Yep. But I feel like just that was lacking in this area for a long time. And if guys want to stay local and be able to develop themselves, yeah. there wasn't many options. But mm -hmm. now it's Drasinski's there and you're there. It's pretty cool and, and refreshing. And I feel like so good for the area. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of excitement. I will say that there's a lot of excitement. I mean, Alex resume speaks for himself network speaks for himself i mean anyone who's anyone knows the guy and it's like oh everything but just you know the attention to detail and the job that's being done and you gotta stand do this you know we want this way this way you know from the field to you know how we're gonna dress every day we're gonna act every day we're gonna go into the weight room we're gonna do this we're gonna do that like everything like there's a culture change right and you know and there's a lot of guys you know local guys that we know that i've you know coached before that are there now and it's just like wow just wait until you know we get everybody in the same room and when it's time to go out there i mean you got a lot of guys believing you know hey we're gonna you know we think we can really compete you know don't ignore what happened you know last year with a record but like let's go for it like let, this is a great place to play nowadays it's so exciting <clears throat> being at the ground floor of it all like <clears throat> mike you over at cressy's me over at driveline and then and mike Sienna. yeah mike over or Zach over in Sienna. I don't know who you are. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> but it's just really exciting kind of being like almost a fly on the wall, being a part of that whole thing because you're really witnessing just like, I almost want to compare it to like the Renaissance. Well, I think it's a shift in baseball with just the world sports with technology yeah. and data now. So you've seen that shift with baseball where metrics are such a big thing um, at every at every level now. But then also, baseball is a very traditional sport. We do things the way that I did things. We do things the old school way because this is how I did it when I played. And there's some merit to those things, but there's a lot of bullshit to those things. The unwritten rules. Right, the unwritten <sighs> rules. So I think you're seeing now us, right, guys in their young 30s who now have had some education. And there's just more education now. People didn't have that back in the day. We've read psychology books and studied biomechanics and and understand maybe the value of just like relationships more and what kids are going through now i was or, just going to bring that up too like coaching now especially in baseball and just in general it's just so like coaching you'd be set into this standard like this is where it is this is where we go this is how it's always been right but now it's okay let's pull some from like ap let's pull stuff from psychology like right how do we build not just the best athlete but person yeah like that's where everything's kind of all starting to no, elevate that, to. that's the shift you're seeing yeah younger guys more our age who blend who can blend all of these things it's almost something that the kids look for too yeah they look yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly yes. yeah like it's it's i think it's a little bit more relatable because they can look at like 
oh, hey, that guy was in my shoes, you know, eight years ago, 10 years ago. Oh, I was, you know, trying to do the same thing that he's doing or that he went through. And, I, you know, part of the biggest thing of coaching is communication relationships. Like you right. have to build a relationship. You have to build a trust. And if you don't have that, you're never going to connect with somebody. Mm-hmm. And you can be, I say this all the time, you can be right, you can be wrong. If you present it the right way with confidence and you can, you know, you hold yourself to that standard, it's going to work. I mean, I can say the same thing. He can say the same thing I'm saying, but word it completely different and talk to the same kid. And he He's only going to understand one way. You know, that's the beauty of coaching where you got to be able to, how can I, you got to know everybody. So, like, how can I, communicate it to him and I'm going to communicate the same way and I'm going to speak completely different, but I don't need this guy to hear it because then he's just going to get confused. I'm saying the same thing. You see now because of this plethora of information and more and more facilities in this area, let's say, because that's where we're working, which is good. Some are good. Some aren't so good, but which is good that more people are trying to help kids uh, or you get so many cooks in the kitchen with one kid. Mm-hmm whether you're a hitting coach and they yeah. go, well, I've four been... hitting coaches, three pitching coaches, seven strength and conditioning. You're like, what's going on? <laughs> How do you, I'm trying to think you guys probably see it more. Cause I guess in the weight room, like a kid's not going to lift at two different places. Unless, like they might lift at school in here. At school and here really we have it. to deal with yeah. that, that variable and maybe just things they've learned in the past that aren't right, that we need to reeducate them mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. But do you guys ever have, well, then I go to you and I go to this person and I'm, and how do you deal with that? Um, so what we'll hear is, especially when we're doing lessons, you know, and you'll hear travel ball or school ball. And, you know, I went to practice and I was doing this and, you know, oh, you know, told me I don't like, they don't like what I'm doing here. And they told me to make an adjustment and I didn't make any adjustments. I just kept doing it. I was doing the shelf. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, they hear hear stuff that may be incorrect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they go to the team and they go, ah, oh, he told me to do this. Ah, oh, I didn't change anything. I just hit the next one on the on the button and like, oh yeah, that's it. That's what I want you to like. Yeah. The funniest thing I just I say I say this all the time. Oh my god, I got a video. I got a video last winter from one of my athletes at school, and he set his phone up in like the corner of a gym, and they were throwing bullpens at practice, and he's like, watch this. So he said it was like a 10 minute long video and the coach legitimately watched him throw one pitch. And he was like, Oh, I want you to do this. I want you to do that all here. And then like, he'd just be sitting there on his clipboard and he'd look up and he'd see a strike. Yeah, that's it. And it's like the effect that has on kids is tough because it's like, Oh, well, this guy's telling me that, but he's my school coach. So like, he's the one that determines my playing time. Right. But you know, that doesn't work for you. And like, that's where it's like, Hey, have a conversation. Right. Or, you know, it's, or, you know, it always comes down to us as the independent guys. Yeah. Have have you run into trouble as an independent guy communicating with sport coaches? Not really. Okay. Not, not, not that anything that I've heard. I also, you know, I tell a lot of guys, Hey, you signed up to go to that college. Like you have to give them respect. Like they're in that position, you know, treat them with respect, you know, okay. I might know something that works for you better, but like, I'd rather be, the guy in the back seat, like when you're struggling and times are tough, you can count on me and I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to help you the best I can, the way I know that you can tick. And then, you know, I'm also going to say, well, Hey, maybe he's trying to get you to do this and maybe he didn't communicate it in the language that you're, you're comfortable with. But you know, you always have to take that approach. You always have to say, you know, you kind of always stay on the high road. You always, you know, give everyone the benefit of the doubt pretty much. But 
I mean, a high school, a college coach, it's tough to come by. So there's some level of respect. Mm -hmm. But whenever they go up to school, it's like, hey, you know, send me a text if you need anything. I'm always here. You'll call me whenever if you have trouble. But it's never bad to hear that voice because, yes, he's going to determine your playing time. You have to show that you're coachable. You have to show that you're into it. And, you know, it's kind of like real world stuff too like you're yeah. gonna you're gonna hear things that you know are complete bs and you kind of have to roll with it at times mm -hmm. and it's like okay yeah 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 i'll go with it you know taking the high road they call it but you know <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of that you you do have to be careful with the way you word things like if you put in a text and you're like oh he's like i've heard people have said that and it's like then you you can't you can't just openly blast somebody right you can't because at the end of the day like the kid has to go to that school you can't, as an outside factor, you can't create a negative situation with him being there. Mm -hmm. I'm not there. It doesn't affect me one bit. But, like, if there's anything that comes down from it and he's there, then are you really looking out for your guy? Yeah, the like, conversation and communication aspect is the biggest part. Because I think, in all reality, I think at the end of the day, like, all coaches want the same thing. Like, they obviously want you to succeed and, you know, be good and play well. But... I think the communication aspect is the biggest part and i think it goes on all ends like one thing i've always said to people i work with is just like hey if you if your coach has any questions whatsoever like please don't hesitate to give him my number and have him reach mm -hmm. out because like at the end of the day like him and i both want the same thing it's just like we want you to succeed and play well and if there's a communication issue like that just kind of looks bad on both ends right i'd rather just nip it in the butt right away and get it over with mm -hmm. so like we can be on the same page because we're all trying to help in the long run like and that's where i think it gets a little confusing yeah i think it's a mature thing though as like at least me younger younger in this field is like uh you just have an ego and you're like mm -hmm. my way is right and everybody else's way is wrong which is <laughs> such a not a good way well, to think if you play then yeah. yeah like there's the you know hey step in the box like how many times did you hear that? hey step in the box oh yeah step in the box you think you got it oh yeah you think you're gonna get a hit it's always that attitude which is the right attitude to apply to life and a lot of times yeah like Forget there's it. so much that yeah there's I'm, st I'm staring at this coffee. I don't go for it. Get some more brain. I don't mean to let cut me, you off. No, let, me, let, me, let me help you out. Stuff was good. Like, there's so, like, I think I learned more on a baseball field about life than in a classroom. 100%. <laughs> I think there's so much that you can learn and, like, take from it. Just in the sense of, like, routine, mm -hmm. uh, mental stability, yeah. uh, communication, work ethic. I'm you not going to be that guy. You can be, take the rest, yeah. No, you're gonna say I, sh so? I, sh I should have. I, I mean, mean, at this point, that you would anybody want to drop? Yeah, yeah. Here, yeah. <laughs> let me let me finish it. You want that little bit here? Let me let me finish it and then ask if anyone wants. You know, that's that's the way to do it. Better oh, ask forgiveness make, than permission, right? Let me make yeah. Let me make a mess here. <laughs> so good. I don't even. Right. I was gonna say something now, and I don't even. Know what. Here for my wife would be yelling at me. You're always leaving, you're always making a mess. <laughs> oh, why are you leaving? The, I went in the fridge to get something and it was empty. <laughs> No, there's a little bit left. <laughs> Sam, uh, Sam, Sam hides shit from me now. Uh oh. Like, I'll see you're eating a snack. I'll be like, wait, we have this snack? She's like, no. <laughs> Where'd you get that from? Oh, it's behind the rice. Oh, gotcha. Next thing you know, it's not behind the rice anymore. <laughs> I have, I have no constraint. Like, if it's in the, if it's in the house, I'm going all in on it. Yeah. So oh. I gotta like not get things. Mm -hmm. So. My wife had back surgery in the beginning of August, so she can't get anything on the bottom shelf of the 
of the refrigerator. So we have pizza and wings, and I'm I'm loving these chicken wings. I mean, you don't have to tell a 300 pound fat guy that you know here's a plate of chicken wings. If there's six left over, they're not gonna be yeah. So, you know, oh, I'll put the food away, honey. Don't worry about it. All on the bottom shelf. All on the bottom shelf. She's not gonna eat it without me knowing it. And then I gotta barter with it. Hey, hey, hey. You want any chicken wings? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I gave you the opportunity. If you want them, you can go get them. Where are they? Breen, tell me what you think about this. Jordan, you know my take, my dinner uh, takeout rule? Yeah, I do. Jordan's so against this. You want share no, it? No, you want ahead. me to share it? It's, I think it's bullshit that idea. people don't agree with me, and my family doesn't agree with me. You're out to eat. You're yeah. with your family, maybe some of their significant others. You get a delicious meal, and you eat it all because it's a delicious meal. Right. And you paid for it, so you ate your meal. Maybe somebody else at the table, they didn't really finish their meal, and they want to get it to go. It's You know, if the food was just cooked. It's probably better fresh. If you want it, you should be able to claim it and eat it if you can finish that whole plate. Like if the five of us were at the table. And, and you said, I'm not going to finish the plate at home. I go, I could finish that right now. You'd have to shift it over to me, and I have to I, I think it might be the it. other way around, but, you know. No? No. Yeah, I've, I've... Jay? No, please, please. Well, I mean, you know, it kind of depends on what it is. You know, if, hey, I want to take these fries home. You want to take those fries home? Have anyone had fries out of the refrigerator? I'm saying this. Are you really going to eat Fries out of the refrigerator? I've seen enough times where I'm throwing away those takeout trays because they never got ate. I'm saying I'm going to eat this right now. So that is, yeah, it's very, very, it's like, hey, you really want to take that to go? Like, I'd rather just finish it than have to carry it. I want to say, are you sure tomorrow for lunch you're going to finish that? Like, just think about it. Are you? Right, and if if you know what, if that's the process, then like, I guess I'll tip my cap to you. But like, you know what? Why? Because what we're we gonna go to eat, and then we're gonna go somewhere else, and then you know if we're gonna you know, date night or something, we're gonna go. I'm not carrying around your food all night. Ooh, that that too. I'm not carrying around your food that's all a, night. That's a valid point. If then it's then a date night, I'm not carrying your food around. I did that. We went. But to, if I'm uh, going straight home. No, we we were in Lake Placid. A, a, it depends a, on what it is. A few weeks Friday. ago, and we went out, and then we went to a bar after dinner, and I'm. Carrying around a little plastic baggie to these bars. <laughs> Looks cute. Looks cute, but yeah. It's, it's you know, we went, it's, it's, it depends on what it is. Like, there's sometimes we order, hey, we're going to get a little bit extra. We'll have some. I'll, I'll be okay with it. But if you get a meal and she gets a meal and, you know, hey, I got like half this burger I couldn't eat. You eat the burger there. Oh, I'm, <laughs> burger's not seeing the light. Of the <laughs> like, burgers and fries you don't bring home. No. But like, if, it, you know, the first thing that popped in my head is, the Druthers mac and cheese. First of all, that's a lot of mac and cheese to eat in one sitting. But that's... I could, I could probably do it. I've definitely done it. <laughs> I don't want people to think I'm an asshole. I just but, don't want to. But the Druthers mac and cheese, I would say, I would, I would offer some to somebody. But then, like, I'm bringing it home. But like, I just, I'll wanna, reheat mac and cheese. I don't want to waste food. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but it's not your food. But it's food. But Mike also doesn't reheat things, so Mike's never going to eat leftovers. But I will. But yeah, I, so I, I. I paid for date night, so. <laughs> like, if Mike's paying, he can have whatever he wants. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, if you're paying and I don't have to pay, then, yeah, by all means. that's If, if I don't want it, is you that want the middle, it, Is you. that the middle ground? If you're willing to cover the whole bill, then, yes, you can take what's oh, left over. Oh, yeah, oh, I think that's, the table is that's, yours. That's, that's, that's yeah. a fact. Like, I'll if you're covering the whole bill, like, if I paid for my, my meal and I'll, you want to try to eat my like my leftovers, I might stab you. Yeah, you better start running. I'll meet in the middle with that. If you're covering the bill, it's rightfully yours at the end of the night. Absolutely. Jay, we can settle on that. Compromise. Look there at this go. compromise, everybody. There you go. There you go. Look at that. There you go. We're just settling, <laughs> settling issues. I'll be here all Cheers, night. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love yeah. it. Man.
Who uh, who was your baseball teams growing up? Breen, MLB. Well, it's a bad year to be a Yankee fan. It's a really bad year to be. We here. haven't had many of those in our lifetime, so. No, we haven't. Danny, who are you? Yeah. But it sucks. That's, yeah. It's terrible. I mean, it does, it does <laughs> suck, but, like, here's the thing. Like, you know what? It's it, Baseball's a cycle. You see the Braves doing what they're doing. That is, like, that's, you don't see that. You see that's the Yankees in the 90s. So it's like, you know what? Injuries happen. It is what it is. The Braves are the first team since the Angels with, like, Mo Vaughn to have four guys have 35. Five home runs or 34 home runs on the same team. That's what happens when everyone plays 155 games of the season. And can, everyone plays every single day. And can hit the damn ball. They really don't really Yeah. Well, yeah, they're really, really good. <laughs> they're really you good. Know, let's not forget about that. So I'll tell you how I – my favorite team and player kind of – players come up kind of in the same time because that's how I kind of got my love for baseball in the first place because I don't really ever remember watching baseball up until this moment where I was watching Vlad Guerrero on the Expos. Vladdy Sr. Mm. Yeah. Vladdy Sr. on the Expos. I was really young. Couldn't even tell you what age I was. But I remember him seeing I remember seeing him hit like a fifty foot like fifty footer curveball, like not even before home plate. Just golfing it out for a double. And I was like, that is the coolest shit I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. How the hell do I do that? He could hit anything. Anything. Yeah. It didn't matter where you pitched the ball, he was gonna swing. And he was probably gonna hit it. Yeah, it's terrifying. he has like a he has like a lifetime oh. like three twenty bad pitch. Yeah, on bad ball, With, <laughs> like like three twenty. Like under, that's really yeah, that's crazy. under a hundred strikeouts too on the years. Yeah, that's I don't think impressive. he's ever struck out more than a hundred times. What's the uh, what's the Tony Gwynn? Somebody look his like strikeout oh. stats are wild. Oh, wild. I, it's funny because I was listen, I was reading something that Greg Maddox said, and he said. Cha- being able to because cha- this goes back to you with the changeup thing that you talked about yeah. earlier with like you oh. know a pit a pit hitter can s- hit a fastball but then when you change speeds the human eye can't detect a change in speed i right? i think they should outlaw changeups uh, i hate them he's like you can't you can't the human eye can't like if you just have a baseball go 55 65 75 or a car going 55 65 75 you can't visually tell how the difference in that so being able to change speeds da 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 right you bring up tony Gwynn, he's like Nobody else could do that except for that mother effer, Tony Gwynn. <laughs> yeah. He was like, Tony Gwynn was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. 20 year career, total 434 straight. Yeah. That's how many Gallo had with the Yankees season. last year. <laughs> how many per season, Jay? 21, I know. That's unreal. That's nuts. <laughs> Over 20 years. Oh. Now just think about how the game is played today. But that's okay. So explain this because I've phased out over the years of watching so much just with life and yeah. other and other interests. But now, why will you never see that again, Bring or Downey? Uh, you <laughs> well, can probably for, answer this better than I could. So I think it start. Baseball's a like life cycle. I think it constantly just goes around in a circle, and I think we're seeing right now that it's getting back into more. I don't want to say more, but I think the contact guys are kind of making. They're kind of making a reboot. They're kind mm-hmm. of coming back out. But I think, like, what was it? When I was at Driveline, like, just getting into it and then, like, just yeah. starting my pro career, three true outcome guys were, like, the biggest thing. Are you going to walk, punch out, or are you going to hit extra base hit? Like, that's the big – those are the big things. And, like, you had to kind of sell out for power. But now, since you're seeing so many high strikeout numbers, I think you're seeing it start to spin back around where it's like, hey, you need to make a little more contact now. I think you're going to get back into like kind of that sweet spot period where there's going to be a lot of extra base hits and the strikeout numbers are going to go down, which I, is going to make the game exciting. I, mean, I also think the shift going away is a the big The shift going deal. away is huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I even look at just like look at the Yankee, a guy in the Yankees this year 
whose number his power numbers aren't what they were in uh, the year he hit 38 home runs, but he's got his highest batting average. He struck out significantly less. He has the most walks, highest on base percentage. That's Glaber. Glaber. Mm-hmm. Glaber's actually like he's not striking out. He's going with the pit. Like I think you're going to see more of that from guys that like don't need to try to hit 38 home runs. 100. Like, percent You know, you're not. Se- you're... He's hitting 275 with yeah. 25 bombs from the second base position, playing yeah. good defense, and he's got an 800 OPS. He mm-hmm. gets his walks like. I was going to I was going to say before with Vlad he only had 2 years that he batted under 300 and that was 2009 and 2011. Is that um, with the Orioles years? Uh the, his last year with the Angels and then he went to Texas and he batted uh 300 and raked and then he uh went to Baltimore. Right. Bear in mind the average is under 300, 295 and 290. Wow. And he also and you're right off. he never struck out over uh a hundred times. The highest amount of strikeouts he had was ninety-five strikeouts. That was his second year in the league. He swung. Think about that. He swung at everything. Everything. He swung at everything. And now you have guys like even Mike Trout striking out one hundred and forty times yeah. a year. Yeah. And he's like our our generation, like the man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the trade block, by the way. <sighs> no, like Vlad definitely was like the guy. For me, Vlad was the guy. He was everything, especially in like those like Montreal days. Mm-hmm. He was everything. He could do everything. I don't anything know. and everything. I don't know how I didn't become a Mariners fan. So Because Gr- Griffey was my guy. I don't know how I didn't become a Mariners I'm a diehard Yankee. Derek Jeter, that's why. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, I've slowly started. To, <laughs> that's acceptable. I've slowly started to be like a transitioning Mariners fan. J-Rod? J-Rod. J-Rod's the man. Yeah. J-Rod and uh, shout out to my former high school catcher, Brian O'Keefe. Uh, he's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Triple A and uh, bouncing between the majors with the Mariners right now. But like just living in seattle too so i right. when i originally moved to seattle like i watched sports i wasn't a fan of anything that's right you told me you're a seahawks fan because yep. of that and i went to i had to go to a verizon store because one of my friends uh froze my phone and yeah you know, he just froze my phone in a block of ice so it died and i had to go get a new one put it that's, in rice put it in rice right <laughs> put it, put it in rice. <laughs> so it's a block of ice put it in a rice yeah. Put it in rice. yeah threw my phone up into his room with a soundtrack playing as a joke Never got my phone back. Woke up the next morning. It was frozen in the freezer. What an asshole. That's awesome. Oh, no, 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 no. Awesome guy. <laughs> Good guy. A fantastic It was warranted. Guy. Very warranted. Okay. Yeah, you could have put it in jello instead. Could have, but go big or go home. Yeah. That's the guy's motto. But I was in the Verizon store, and I think it was like a Thursday. Everyone's wearing Seahawks gear. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I'm like talking to the guy, and he's like, oh, you haven't come. You haven't been a part of like a big, like a good sports city. No. He goes, you're going to love every single team. And sure enough, like just going to those events and seeing the passion that like that city had for those teams, I was like, how can you not? And I, I would like to say I got in on the ground level of the Mariners, so mm-hmm. I feel like I can say that I am a proud Mariners fan now with all the youth actually popping back up and all that good stuff. Now, now when anybody tells me like or says something to me about being a fan of like teams from different cities, I'm like, listen, I didn't grow up in a in a professional sports town, so I'm allowed to like whoever I want. Okay? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. I like I like teams from the '90s because right. that's when I was born and that's when they were good and. Hey man, I'm sticking right. to it. I think, <laughs> I think that's the truth, man. Like, if you're not actually a part of a city like that, like you don't really understand. Like, like I'm not, I'm not a New Yorker. Insane. I'm not a New Yorker. No, F the Giants and the Jets. <laughs> don't they play in New Jersey? They do. They aren't even New York. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> they don't even count. Nope. Yeah, that's like Boston to me. Like, I'm. Mm-hmm. I'll never be a Boston sports. It's not my team. But you grew up, you're like, oh, I hate the Red Sox. Then I lived there. I was there in 13 when they won the World Series. I went to a bunch of games. I'm like, oh, this is, like, cool. You see it. Yeah. yeah. I tell you what, as a Yankee fan, 
I what was it last year, two years, last year, two years ago? It was like the and series at the end of the September where Stanton went nuts. He hit that grand oh, slam, mm-hmm. and I, so I went to I met my college friends from North Carolina on the cold night Friday night. They crushed them, and then they're like, "All right, we'll go home." And they actually stayed the night and went to the game the next day. And I was like, "Guys, I would stayed the night. Are you kidding me?" And then Stanton hit the grand slam, and I turned to my wife and I said, "Hey, we're going to that game tomorrow. You know, figure out who can watch the dog." You know, we got there early, took the tea in the town, and, you know, went to the, the restaurants and the, the vendors out there. And I'm like, you know, hey, it's not too bad it's of a, a place. It's a cool it's, vibe. I'm not wearing any of my Yankee gear, but it's not too bad of a place. It's a pretty sweet place to watch a ball game. That yeah. and I've heard Wrigley. I got to get out of yeah, Wrigley's, Wrigley's cool. Wrigley's I was awesome. there once. Yeah. Uh, is it Oracle now, San Fran? San Fran. San Fran is really cool. Just the whole atmosphere around it itself. Uh when I was playing, I just tried to go to as many games as possible just to kind of experience everything. Yeah. Because you want to, like, take and draw from each thing. So, like, it's the understanding of the area. Like, you can mm-hmm. see kind of, like, how that area v- operates and vibes when you go watch their teams. You go watch their sporting events. So, like, when I was in Texas, I went to go see the Rangers and got that little atmosphere. When I was in Chicago, I got to witness both Chicago teams, Cubs and the White Sox, Mariners out west. Like, I tried to go see as much as possible. Because you can really get a vibe and a feel for the city, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm stoked to watch Sienna this year. I mean, me too. It's, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. The funny, so the funniest part is, I had never been on the field until like the other day. I'm like, wow, I never been on, driving around campus. Like, where do I park? I've never been on the field. I went to high school. It's like a five minute walk away, and I've never been on the campus before. Oh no, because the Dutchmen were at uh, Belize when you played Dutchman for the Mohawks. Yeah, I was okay. for the Mohawks. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't Sienna. So I, I, I was like, wow, this is you know quite the setup. But you know, it's it's Division One school. You know, it's Division One program, and you know that there is a difference of that elevated level, and you, you can feel it. I mean, it's not like uh, you know we coach these guys from you know five guys from Alabama or something like that. It's just nuts. Like they're gonna be good this year, but yeah, that would be yeah. yeah I mean, we know half the guys, but. It, <laughs> Sienna's going to be competitive. It's going to be very competitive. You know, there's a lot of guys that are hungry, and I, I, I you kind of can sense that in baseball too, where you got to have a guy, you got to have a lot of guys that want to go out there and play. Mm-hmm. It's one of those days. You know, they say baseball. It's a great game because sometimes the best team doesn't always win, but sometimes the team that wants it more, with the group of guys that want to play the hardest, they're going to. That'll mm-hmm. be the team. You know, they're going to win the close game can you guys scrap your way to a run late in the game just by staying in it doing the little things competing hard you know wanting to sell out for everything those are the teams that are the most fun to be a part of oh yeah like even like even like my college team when i was playing in my junior year we we won like 18 games we snuck into the conference tournament we made it all the way all the way we almost won it but we we came a little bit short but it was like wow could we have done that for the first 45 games? <laughs> like right. we, we probably would have won about five or six more. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what you remember most. And I'm, I, I can't really speak on behalf of other sports like that. I know football, you kind of just get out there, and I never played football. I'm not you know the hugest football fan, but you get out there, and if you're the bigger, stronger, faster guy, team, you're going to win. Baseball. You can go out there and you can get shut down by a guy throwing 96. You can get shut down by a guy throwing 78 with this and this and throwing a knuckleball and kicking it up there. And yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Go, going to what you're saying, like if you have a significant talent difference in football or basketball, 
it's very hard to overcome. Yes, yes. Um, you have to overcome it. The other team has to make the mistakes. Especially with one good player, you have a good quarterback <laughs> yep. or a good a good scorer in basketball. Right. It's tough. One yeah. person can swing the game. Yeah, I Absolutely. mean, especially basketball, football. One person, you could have a good quarterback and no offensive right. line, and true, you're not, true, and you're not going to swing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but baseball, like you said, like if you're grittier, you got the team chemistry, you got the guy next to you that you know is going to going to pick you up even if you screw up no matter what yeah. like that's and that was like that's why I'm like yeah. for me and Mike like my high school varsity team my senior year is like one of the my favorite teams that I ever played for because we literally all played together since we were like seven years old eight years old but then like we always knew like the last guy on the team that maybe wasn't the best player like he had the best players back and vice versa yeah so speaking on that too the Oneana team when I was the head when I was head coaching it the fighting downies the fighting downies so. is that what they got called the <laughs> that's, fighting well, downies? that's what we call them that's what, we'd show up to town and be like all right here we go to Oneana <laughs> Griffin be like ah the fighting downies over there <laughs> so that that was a lot of fun because it's like we our team was good our team was pretty good I would you say. guys were solid yeah definitely. we were very solid yeah but those guys were dogs they came to the park every single day at all hours of the day and they just wanted to play and they wanted to just do whatever and like we'd go to we'd go play in amsterdam and i'd be telling our guys exactly what the signs are from the third base box zach's giving the signs yep two tap breaker mm-hmm. yep zach, zach's giving the signs i'm just giving them to our guys and stuff like that and it was competitive <laughs> and i mean you can attest to it like looking there's right no such... looking right at you from the bucket going yeah <laughs> And Here you, comes. you can attest to this as well. There's no such thing as a stop sign for me. No. No such thing as a stop sign. No. So when I was – Hey, they're going. Like Let steal- everybody know. Put like, it on the scoreboard. Like stealing. Oh, yeah. Every, I don't care if you're a catcher or first baseman. I don't yeah. care who you are. Some of the best coaches I hear of, I know, Scott Steltz or Chatham coach, he has that same mentality. If you yeah. get on first, you better be on second. Davies the same. Yeah. Nick Davies oh, the same yeah. way. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was it was, was a headache planning back-to-back. We play Albany a doubleheader, and then we got those guys. And I'm like, all right, who's catching? Like, yeah. who's catching? And, hey, guys, we got to hold these. We got we to mix up our looks a little bit. <laughs> and that was the thing, too. It's And, I mean, I told you this, like, during the year and at the end of the year. Like, I had three signs. Thumb up, good to go. Thumb sideways, yeah. Think about it. Thumb down, no. Other than that, go be aggressive. Go play. Like, I really just wanted them to just play from like the heart, play from their mind, and just go be aggressive and just go do it. Like, go bring the pressure to them. Like, I always would talk to them about like a boxing match, dude. It's a boxing match. Don't try to win off points. Just go for a knockout because like that's the competitive pressure you need to put on people because right. like eventually like one side is gonna falter mentally or physical error, whatever the case may be, but, like, go. Don't be passive and just hope that a situation comes about. Like, go take it. And, like, that's the, like... That's, that's the reason you missed my wedding. That's the reason I missed your wedding, unfortunately. That's right. But, because of it. Yeah. So... Because the fighting downies made their way into the playoffs. And if they didn't, you would have been at yeah, would have been at my wedding. So it was, uh... What was it? Oh, you had to win one. Yeah. So you had the last game of the season, you had a doubleheader against Albany. You had to win. We had all the scenarios, too, because we were trying to game plan who we're going to play. Right. And meanwhile, like, I'm getting ready to go get married. So it's like, I'm not even going to be there, whoever we play. So I'm trying to put, you know, I'm trying to get notes and everything. And um, they won game one. Yeah. He goes, I'm throwing the ace. I don't care. We're, yeah. we're, we're getting in. We're getting to the game. I go, yeah, it was right, a double right. doubleheader against Davey and the 
Dutchman. And then uh, there was an empty seat at that table. Yeah, yeah. I had to, I had to throw our ace. Uh, well, I coached him for two yeah. years at that point. I've known, I've known him forever. So, I just kind of gave it to him. I was like, "Hey, man, like, this whole combination is you. You're man. Like, just hey, go man. get it." You're like, "Hey, come here." You're like, "I really don't want to go to this <laughs> wedding later. Yeah, so, can that. you win this game <laughs> for me, please?" So the kid who threw actually knows Zach yeah. very well too. Yeah. So it was one of those things where it's like. Hey man, I'm gonna miss Zach's wedding if we win this game. And he goes, "Oh, you're missing that wedding." <laughs> you guys Facetime me on the bus to Amsterdam, yep. getting ready for the wedding, and I was sweating bullets, nervous, not knowing what to do. All right, Downey, you guys are getting there for BP. Well, I'm getting there for my own BP. I got, I gotta go down there. I gotta game time starting in 30 minutes, pal. I think Please. the best part was you watching the game at your wedding. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble. <laughs> Wow, Sorry, gotta cut that out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're already married, so yeah, 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 yeah. you're putting the yeah, fucking yeah. chicken wings at the bottom of the fridge. It's like, well. so I'll, I'll amend that and say he wasn't really watching it. He was getting the updates. So our but. I, buddy I tuned in in the third yeah. by by the time the third fourth inning tuned around someone went up to the room got my phone and was like here you go but it was you know everyone's the speeches are happening and then like all right it's dinner time and i'm like i gotta watch i'm pretty nice you know whatever watching i'm looking down i'm like all right it's it's 6 6.55. okay all right i wonder how the boys are doing and all i hear is <clears throat> look across the room and i see I, I see one of those i'm like all right and i look down i'm like hmm it's probably the leadoff guy. And then, like, oh, it probably, was. yeah, it was. Yeah. Probably no more than two, three minutes later. Like, oh, this is incredible. And then it was, you know, you wait a little bit, and I'm like, all right, how are we doing? How are we doing? Like, oh, my God, same guy. And eventually, I, you know, someone's like, yeah, 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 you know, leadoff guy, leadoff guy went yard twice, you know, like, just absolutely. And then Downey gets ejected for arguing a play that we all saw on the live stream. I mean, we're all, we're sitting outside, we're having a cigar. It's like, you know, we're taking pictures. And someone's like, oh, my God, Downey's getting thrown out. Like, someone text him and tell him he was wrong. I was going to say, someone text him and get his ass here. Yeah. yeah. You, got, hey, you got four hours. Let's go. Get here. Well, I will defend and say for my angle, it looked like uh, he was out. Well, you know, it was also light gray, too. So, oh, very true. <laughs> That's also the same game where I walked your leadoff hitter with the bases loaded because I refused to watch a third home run go 500 feet over the fence into the water. So, yeah, intentionally I, walked him, got the next guy to fly out, and he was a, gave up one run instead of four. Yeah, at least. Yeah. No, definitely. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely. He was, he was on that game for sure. And when that kid's on, it's scary to see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, boys, we got to get we got to get people back in the gym pretty people, soon here. Yeah, we got to get to things. People got to come, yeah, gotta, gotta yeah. come work out. But yeah, I, uh, it's been 30 minutes. Come on now. I, uh, yeah, Downey's going to work out right now. Breen, you're welcome to work out. You can fucking look at the Rapsodo out. Oh, I got to get off the chair. If, that, if I can do that, I'm good. <laughs> we'll, we'll start with that <laughs> That's then. That's good. Yeah. Um, it's my squats for the day. No, boys, this is fun. We'll do it again. This Absolutely. is a blast. This is yeah, a blast. Yeah, I appreciate both of you. We do... Uh, if either of you guys want to plug anything, let it rip, and then we'll uh, wrap it up. I know. Are you still doing lessons at uh, uh with 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 Frank? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm doing lessons. It's uh I'm doing middle school and in lower. I'm doing about eighth grade and, and younger right now. We got a couple couple groups that we're doing. Um, trying to set up for some winter stuff. Trying to look at teams, travel teams, just in the area that we can provide. Um, you know, the strength training aspect and also the pitching expertise. Um, that's a baseball health and performance institute in Latham. Franklin Miller has been outstanding. I started working with him last February. Um, 
and I tell you what, I mean, it's just, it's nice to have, it's nice to be in a spot where it's like, and you guys have it here where, you know, you got your own, we can have an assessment. You can just, you know, there's a lot more checks and balances along the way and mm-hmm. you can run a, a little bit more steady program and you can, you know, there's really no, nothing that's kind of no stone unturned, I should say, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's been great. It's something, it's a business that's on the uprise right now, probably a couple of years behind where you started. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, there's a lot. We just put in a, uh, well, we, I, I helped paint the clay on, but he just built a dirt mound. Oh, that's sweet. Over Labor Day weekend. Yeah, him and his, him and his family, and they were so excited. And I was like, all right, like, hey, I'll put the clay in it and get up there. And yeah, lo and behold, it's a clay mound indoors. And you text you, hey, bring your spikes today. It's like, what? Oh, it's just, you know, it's something new and it gets the kids fired up and it just shows like how much he wants it to. So it's, it's a great spot to be in. It's just, yeah, I'd say the, the, like you say, when you're training the atmosphere, the environment and the people that you're with, like that's like almost the whole game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's, that's something that we're preaching. Yeah, man. So I love it. That's awesome. Just kind of ripping through college lessons. I've been mostly working with those college athletes, baseball and softball, just ripping lessons out when they come home for breaks and during the summer and stuff like that, you know, just nothing really too drastic, but, yeah, find find these guys. Both of you guys are great, man. You give a shit, and 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 you're educated, and can communicate. And yeah, man, I appreciate you both coming on. Give me too much credit, Mike. Yeah, Listen, way too much Listen, credit. Way too much Sorry. credit. You can you chug that coffee today. I know hey, that. This is definitely a nice step right. into Downey in this amount of time. Yeah, it's really awkward to be quite <laughs> honest with. It's you. all right. Don't worry. When you work out, it'll be different. <laughs> you're gonna throw some bands at me and tell me to figure it out. Fair enough. <laughs> all right, man. We'll uh, we'll pick up next time. We'll catch everybody next time. Thank you.